From the EPR Creation Studio, this is Jason Staples bringing you the Hot Takes edition after Florida State defeats Duquesne in Week 0, 47-7. Basically getting the uh, preseason scrimmage out of the way and uh, moving on to LSU prep. And this is going to be a really short uh, <laughs> short Hot Takes edition. There's uh, only a few things really to talk about here in the immediate wake of the game. There's some more things I want to take a closer look at. Uh, and I'll, I'll probably come, come out with another, another after a, uh, a, a larger, more in-depth look on Monday or Tuesday. But, uh, first few reflections, uh, were that this was pretty close to the team that I expected to see in this game. Uh, there were some good things and some bad things, uh, some, some very positive things and some concerning things. So just thinking about the the good and the bad. I mean, I, the good. I think Jordan Travis has taken another step forward uh, as a as a quarterback. He seems to be more in command of the offense, even accounting for the uh, the opponent. Uh, I think he was he played within himself, threw it accurately, handled himself well uh, throughout the game, managed the game as you would expect in this kind of game. And again, located his throws. Nothing was ever uh, ever in doubt with him as as a thrower in this game. So that that's a good thing. Uh, another good thing, do span. My goodness. Um, those of you who listen to this podcast know that I was maybe the first on the do span bandwagon. As soon as he hit the, the transfer portal, uh, I declared on Twitter that he might be the, the number one guy at that position on the tra- in the transfer portal, in my opinion, at the time. Uh, and I felt like Florida State should pull out the stops to, to go get him because I, I felt like he had... And I still think he has, uh, you know, early NFL draft type potential. But I didn't think that he would really make much of a dent at Florida State in 2022. Even even with that that belief in his potential, I thought it would take him. You know, we'd be talking about development over, you know, a period of a year or two to really get to where to even what what he showed tonight. I mean, that what he showed tonight as a natural catcher of the, of the ball. I mean, very soft hands uh, and then just looked fluid and natural at the position. He's still raw. He's still got a ways to go, but the, the tools and the ability to actually be a guy that can potentially contribute this year. That's a big, that's a big deal. That's a good sign. And, you know, I, I think that's a, a real positive. Um, also uh, Benson, Trey Benson looked every bit the back that I thought he was when, when he was signed and maybe more and looked even better than he did in the spring game. I mean, you can tell he's getting stronger uh, as he gets further and further from that knee injury. He did take a shot on, on the right knee uh, early in the, in the, in the uh, first quarter. So he's going to be pretty sore uh, this week, but he handled it well, shook it off. And you can just see, I mean, he's really hard to bring down very, very strong legs, hips and core, and just outstanding speed, outstanding acceleration, everything that you want in a back for Mike Norvell's offense. And, you know, three guys going over over 100 yards in one game. And yes, I know it's Duquesne, but that's not been done at Florida State. And that's, that's saying something. But uh, and that also says something positive about the overall play of the offensive line. I thought the offensive line looked, looked about as expected overall. Um, which is to say that they looked improved over last year. And again, against a bad team. But but remember, this is a team that last year with a couple guys kind of dinged up against J- 
Jacksonville State couldn't move the ball against Jacksonville State. They couldn't run it. And they could have played today pretty much without a quarterback and would have won this game just on the basis of being able to push Duquesne around on the on the defensive and offensive lines. Uh, and that's what you ask for. I mean, they were able to, to run the ball at will and handle their business on the ground because the offensive line took care of business for the most part. Uh, one negative is right there as well, though. Uh, Washington went out, looked like he got dinged up a little bit at one point. I, I don't know how bad that was. And, you know, there were a couple moments that he didn't look quite where you'd like him to be as a center. I mean, you, he did have a, a you know, a less of an off season than what you'd like in terms of he was still rehabbing and all of that. He didn't have a full off season to get stronger and he's still clearly not a hundred percent, but um, yeah, I, I think, I think there are some concerns at center because of, of how he looked and then uh, just the lack of overall depth there. I did think that Gibbons looked fine at center. And if it comes down to him actually having to play at center, they're, they're okay there. Uh, they can be okay at center even with their fourth guy at center, and that's Gibbons there. And what they did is they moved Emmanuel to left guard and then Turnitin to right guard. And that group was fine. I mean, they, they actually handled their business. And again, the assignments were, were correct. Guys were stepping in the right spots and were communicating and all, all the things that you want against a Duquesne. I mean, yeah, the competition is lower, but you're, you're looking for those things. Are they communicating well? Are they in the right spots? Are they passing blocks off? Are they, are they doing the things that you're supposed to do? in those positions. I mean, it's going to be a lot harder next week, but you have to, you know, the first step is to do it, do what you're supposed to do against the inferior team. And they haven't done that in recent years all that well. And they did that in this game. They took care of business, you know, assignment soundness knows no opponent. You, you just have to have to do your job. And if you do your job, that, that goes a long way. So I, I thought up front overall, what they showed on the offensive line was a much deeper group with a, with a much higher ceiling than what, or with a much higher floor than what they've had in recent years. Uh, Armella looked fine at, at left tackle. I mean, you don't want him to play this year at left tackle. You don't want him to be the starter, but he, he was capable. You know, he, he showed the kind of potential that you want to see at that position. Uh, Turnitine definitely better at guard than it, than at tackle. They still really want to keep the two tackles, that are their starters at as the starters all season. If those guys can can stay healthy, that'll go a long way. Uh, Bless Harris looked good, I thought uh, overall on the day. So, you know, in general, I thought this was a positive positive uh, showing in terms of the the backs, in terms of the offensive line and the quarterbacks. And I, I thought overall the receivers were okay. I mean, the the real negative there, as I I, I brought out the biggest positive with. Uh, with Span showing that he actually, I mean, the camp hype was not just blowing smoke. He actually looks more prepared to contribute than expected. But the real negative is that Johnny Wilson, who's your real ace in, you know, your trump card, uh, your ace in the hole here going into games like Louisville, guy that is a mismatch, goes down with a with, with an ankle injury on, you know, his fir- on his first catch. Now that should have been his second catch because he dropped a sure touchdown in the first in the first quarter, which has been the knock on him in camp going back to the spring. He's gonna drop some balls. That I mean, just not a supernatural catcher of the football. But you could see the freakish athleticism and the ability to create space as a six seven player who moves like he does. 
Uh, and there, uh, we've talked about on this podcast before, there are different ways to make space. Is he going to create space by being a great route runner and, you know, creating a lot of horizontal space? No, but he's going to create a lot of vertical space and just his size and ability to, uh, to go up and, and, and catch outside his frame as long as he's able to do that. That's the sort of thing that, that does create space. So it's more of a Kelvin Benjamin or Auden Tate type or Greg Carr type creation of space than say a, you know, Peter Warwick or, uh, you know, Rashad Green type creation of space. Those guys create space differently than, than those big guys. And he showed, look, the guy's going to be hard to press. He's, you know, he's a tough cover for a lot of different, from a lot of different spots and, you know, showed that he could, he could block, but did turn that ankle, got landed on a little bit. You know, I've had a similar type of turn before. It's no fun. It's going to blow up a little bit tomorrow. They're going to treat it all week. But it's one of those that, you know, because it was a, it was a, uh, he turned it out rather than in. You expect that to heal a little quicker, but it's the sort of thing that keeps you, it's a nagging injury. You expect that to be a bit of a nagging injury for potentially the rest of the year, which really is unfortunate for a guy for, you know, a big body like that. Uh, and a guy that you're depending on that's, that's maybe the biggest negative of this, of this game is looking at a guy that you're, you're hoping is going to be a major playmaker for you on the outside that is already potentially gimpy, uh, and affected in terms of his mobility potentially for the rest of the year. So, We'll see how that goes. We'll see how quickly he's able to bounce back and really, uh, you know, whether he's going to be the kind of weapon that you hope he's going to be against LSU. But um, but overall, I, you know, I felt like offensively this team showed more or less what you'd like to see in this game. I mean, looking at the numbers, <laughs> 638 yards, 406 net rushing yards, uh 7.5 yards per rush, looking at the advanced stats, uh, 7.8 yards per rush, not, you know, sack adjusted, uh, 9.8 yards per pass attempt. I mean, you're, you're getting the kind of numbers that you, that you should get against a, a, a Duquesne. The other thing that you're really not happy with on, on, on offense, the, the really major thing is, is something that you kind of expected though. And that's that the backup quarterback play was not really what you ultimately would like to see there. Uh, Rodemaker with the interception that led to Duquesne's uh, seven points. I mean, that, that's just a, a, a really awful throw. I mean, he's got a receiver who's going to be coming open on the inside and he just threw it to the wrong spot. I mean, it was either a really terrible throw or a poor read in terms of where he's supposed to throw it in that situation. And I'm not sure which is worse in that case. So, um, you know, it is a situation we talked about it in the preseason that Jordan Travis really needs to stay healthy for this team to not just meet their, not just hit their ceiling, but for the, for the bottom, not to drop out. This team needs Jordan Travis to be on the field and for him to be healthy. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Duffy came in for a, a few minutes of, uh, of garbage time at the end, you know, looked about as you'd expect. He's got, you know, a good amount of talent, but wasn't asked to do a whole lot and still, you know, has to learn, learn the offense and, and learn how to, uh, to do what he's asked to do in the confines of what Mike Norvell uh, uh, calls and what he does. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of what you, what you expected, I think this was basically what everybody should have expected in, in, in the, uh, in the first game against Duquesne. 
you just would have hoped to get out with at least one fewer injury, especially to a key guy like uh, like Johnny Wilson and a guy who's had some injury trouble in the past. Uh, also not not ideal. Now, on the defensive side, I mean, overall, I mean, you look at Duquesne's numbers. I mean, it's hard to complain about a, a game, even against a, a, a bad team, even against a lower lower level team, 164 total yards, 93 net rushing yards, 3.1 yards per rush. Uh, yeah, I mean, passing yards, 71 passing yards. I mean, those are all those are all perfectly fine numbers. I mean, it, it, especially for a first game. I mean, three point five yards g- per play given up. I mean, you can live with that. That's 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 fine. That said, you you did kind of get the feel, especially in the first half, that this defense didn't quite play to the level that you would hope for or that you would expect. And again, you still you look at the at the at the stats, and you're like, man. I guess they did better than they looked. And I think that's that's kind of the, the the general feeling in terms of hot take feeling coming out of this is that the defense they played fine but you would like to have seen better. <laughs> so you'd have liked to have seen a bit more uh destruction at the point of attack, a bit more havoc in the backfield and they gave up a few plays downfield. There were three three of what uh is classified as a big play, you know, so plays over uh, 10 yard rushes and uh, 15 yard passes they, you know, they had three of those. You'd like for them to have zero of those, but again, first game, you're going to have some of those. And, and some of that happened. Actually, I think all of those happened against the uh, against backups. So yeah, I mean, all, all of those are, are, are against backups and you know, the two runs came against the backup linebackers side of the field and linebacker sort of missed his spots. And there you go. Uh, and then the, the deep, the deep throw was against a, against the freshman corner who just, just missed uh, being in the right spot against that route. So again, overall you, you feel like the, the defense played kind of to expectation in certain respects, but you just like to see, them look a little bit more like a Florida state defense in terms of the overall level of intensity, the overall havoc created, and just the sort of feel that you expect to get from the Florida, from a Florida state defense that seemed a little bit missing in this game. And I do think in terms of what you can glean from this, from various positions, I think the linebackers are significantly better than they were last year. Uh, I think Lundy has made good strides and Bethune is, is better than anybody they had last year. And, you know, you've still got a pretty good player in Kalen Deloach who, who flew around there. So, I mean, you feel like you've got three backers who are, who are actually quality players and you can rotate in there uh, reliably as, as stack backers. So, you know, that's a positive that, that that has gone from a, a real weakness of the defense to, I think it looked like at least uh at least above average, if not a strength on this defense above average. And, you know, that's a, that's a, that's real growth. You put that together with quality safety play, which we know they've got, and you're strong up the middle for the first time in a while. You've got quality defensive tackles. Didn't really even pay much attention to them in this game because you don't have to worry about that. At least the starters, the backups were, I think they were, as I I expected, got some 
penetration, but not quite the level of the, of the starters. So then really the question comes down to the edges. Ends looked fine, but, you know, Verse is still learning. He would flash and then the next play looked like, oh, what? Yeah, I see why he's he's still he's still figuring this out, still figuring out the position. Uh, and then, you know, Briggs looks like he's going to be a good player at that spot. And I thought McClendon looked fine. So, I mean, they'll be fine on the edge. Will they be what they were last year? No, but nobody expected that. And then then it boils down to the other. And this is where I thought there were some concerns with Omari and Cooper out. Uh, you know, I felt like the corner opposite green and green looked good. Green looked as I expected. So that, that was, that was good. Uh, I was happy to see that, but that other corner, when, when Cooper is not on the field, I said in the preseason that this game, that this team is going to go as far as the cornerback. This defense is going to go as far as the cornerback position will take them. And, they've got to find that second outside corner, really a third outside corner. As long as Cooper is out there, I think they've got two. They need to get a third outside corner that they can count on. And, you know, I think that's ultimately going to be 20. I think Azaria Thomas is going to be that guy, but you can, you could see tonight some of the places where he was, you know, he's still learning. He's, he's, he's young and he's going to get beat. He's the guy that, that gave up the touchdown. And I mean, he was, real close to in position and almost got his hand in there, but almost is, is a touchdown. So still a lot to learn there, but you know, I'm, I'm not super comfortable with what I saw from Jerry and Jones, especially, you know, the, the play, the first play from scrimmage where he drew a personal foul for a late hit out of bounds. I mean, come on. So overall, I'm not super thrilled with what I saw from the, from the corner position. I mean, they've thrown bodies at it and you know, there's still some guys that are, I mean, you still have the transfer from, uh, from Jacksonville state who may actually be a contributor at that spot at this, uh, you know, later in the season, but going into LSU, they really need to have Cooper healthy and, and, and competitive at that spot for them to, to have a really good shot in that game. I do think green is a quality corner that, that they can count on. I thought Knowles looked improved over last year at the slot corner. So I think they've got four of the five secondary spots in solid hands. I'm comfortable with where they're at. And if Cooper can come back and if he's fully healthy and is the player that, that he showed like he, he might be at the end of last year, then I think this defense is going to be really, really good because then you've got five guys in the secondary that can, that can all play, that can all cover. And another guy that I, I thought looked good tonight was Shaheen Brown. I, I thought he looked good at safety, uh, looked as you would hope he would look, and that allowed Jamie Robinson to come down and and play some money in the dime packages where he really has a lot of value as essentially a uh, a safety playing linebacker and gives you really six quality coverage players who can run in the, in the secondary. But they've got to have Cooper on the field to really be what this defense needs to be. They, they need to find a third outside corner on top of, of him and green to be quality depth, but th- they're going to have to figure out what they're, what they're going to be able to do to have consistent corner play this year. And nowhere is that going to be more, more noticeable than against LSU, where you've got a group of really good wide receivers, including one of the best in the country in Keishon Boutte, so, I mean, they're going to have they're going to have their hands full in the secondary. They're going to have to figure out what they're doing. I mean, again, you hope that Omari and Cooper I mean, he was held out this week because it's Duquesne. So, you know, 
you hope that he's so that he's fully healthy and ready to roll against LSU so that you don't have to to worry about that. But th- those are my overall impressions from this game. I mean, looking at the numbers, it's hard to complain about 638 net yards to 164, 8.4 yards per play to 3.5 yards per play. And, you know, the game's 22 to what, what 20 to nothing coming out of the first quarter. I mean, it's, it's garbage time, middle of the middle of the second quarter. I mean, that's exactly what you want to do against this kind of team. They, they did, they handled their business now onto the real season where they get a chance to see whether or not they're, they're going to be good enough to beat an LSU team. That's a little more talented, but is, but is going to have some, you're going to have some opportunities to beat them in week one. If you can shore up some of those things that showed up in game in week one. And if Johnny Wilson is, is healthy, if, Washington is 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 playing as well and you know it's possible that Marie Smith is out there as well so certain things that we'll find out in terms of who's actually on the field and how healthy they are against LSU I think is going to have a lot of impact on who wins that football game but I haven't really changed a whole lot of my opinion in terms of what what I think of this team out of this game I mean I think it's basically what we expected to see and uh you know you've got a few things that were a little better a few things that were you know a little bit worse but uh, all in all, within the range of expectation, and now it's just a matter to, matter of seeing who gets healthy and how much they can improve in in, in various areas between week zero and week one, and that's going to be a, a fun thing to see next week in a game that is going to be a really physical football game. So that'll do it for us. As always, this show brought to you by EPR Creations, Louis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida, Shenandoah Newsma of ShenRealEstate.com, and Garage Makeovers, the number one garage remodeling company in South Florida. As always, their information's in the show notes. Support them. Let them know you heard about them from the Unconquered Podcast. Thanks, everybody. This has been the Unconquered Podcast, Hot Takes Edition. I'm your host, Jason Staples. Thanks for listening. The Unconquered Podcast is brought to you by EPR Creations, Louis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida, ShenRealEstate.com in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, Garage Makeovers of Palm Beach and Broward County, and the Unconquered Podcast shop at UnconqueredPodcast.com, which features stickers, magnets, and other seminal gear. Thanks also to those supporters over at Patreon, where I post video analysis and field questions for the podcast from supporters. I'm especially grateful to those above the dynasty level, that is Andrew Garrett, Brian Leininger, Jonathan Kennedy, Lee Caswell, Travis Smith, Tyler Kashishki, Vince Calandra, and Bert Bertoldi. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please leave a five-star rating over at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, post us on social media, and tell a friend. This has been the Unconquered Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Staples. Thanks for listening. I made this.